So y'all have picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We got a special guest speaker today, an awesome mighty man of God. I guess I've known Dr. Ray, I think, for about, about going on maybe nine, ten years now. And uh, every time he comes, it's so so awesome and powerful. And so I'm excited for him to preach to us today and teach to us. I'm really excited. But um, before I invite him up here, I just want to say some things about him. He's, he's been serving the ministry for about 40-something years. I don't want to give your age away, but he's been stomping the devil for 40 years. Amen. That's worthy of some praise. He is also the founder and president of our very own ICM Ministry, International College of, of Ministry, that we have partnered with our church. So if you want to get a Bible degree in counseling, theology, help me with some more, ministry, uh, you can get plugged in. And he's here. He can pick his brain after service today if you want to ask him some questions. And we are actually going to be honoring and celebrating one of our very own LCHP Forever Family members today. And so I'm going to let him do the fun part, but we're going to celebrate what God has done and what he's doing through Dr. Ray and through some of our very own folks. So without further ado, y'all stand to your feet and give Dr. Ray self. And is your wife coming up, Miss Christie? A big Alabama. Holly Pond, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Originally from Memphis, Tennessee, so in Memphis we go, thank you, thank you very much. Uh oh, drop the book. Drop the book. All right, great to be here. Thank you. Pastor Ian, Jessica, and all the leaders here, and Pastor Keith, thank you so much. Um, Kelly, Dr. Forrest, it's, it's an honor. So I'm very blessed to be president of International College of Ministry, and uh, we, um, we've got an, on, we're an online, primarily an online school. We do some live campuses. I know it, it classes at ARAB, but it's icmcollege.org. And one thing you can do, some brochures in the back, we have this little link called free evaluation. You can fill out a little form and it'll come to me, and I'll send you an evaluation on exactly what it would take for you to get a degree, how much it will cost you, how many courses you're going to need, um, exactly what it would take. So that's no charge. You can do that, you know, if you're interested. And, you know, why not get a college degree? And this is, we're actually accredited, by the way. So under the Florida Department of Education, you do have to go go Gators. Stop it. No, I don't, I don't do go Gators. You can't do <laughs> Quit that. We're, we're Ole Miss. Hotty toddy. Amen. By the way, Ole Miss beat Oklahoma in the College World Series. Yeah, all right. How about that? Okay. All right. So anyway, so at, at this time, Dr. Forrest, who's a, our campus director here local, if you come on up. Amen. And then once the music starts, and it's kind of like ding, 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 or something like that. Pomp and circumstance, and then Gina comes marching down the aisle. Amen. Going down the aisle. Do you want your husband to come up with you? You want to come up too? It's, it's optional. Okay, come on down there. I hear the music playing. Okay. 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 All right. Christy, go to the picture. My beautiful wife, Christy's here. She's actually on the board of directors of International College of Ministry and a doctoral graduate herself. Amen. And so my wife says I have to be still because I move too much for pictures. <laughs> I'm like the flash. I'm just a blur. This is what I'd like to do. And so uh, what we're going to do right now is uh, this degree says the faculty, by the authority vested in them by the corporate board, confer upon Gina Abraham the degree of Bachelor of Theology. 
Gina, I want you to know, was a straight-A student, 4.0 GPA. When I would grade her assignments online, I would say, oh, it's Gina's assignment. Just might as well give her 100. <laughs> I would read them. I would always read them, and then she would always write more than you asked her to write. But it was always, she always did above and beyond. Like you, you would ask for this much, and she'd give you, you know, that much, which was, which was good. It was always good. Brilliant uh, knowledge of Scripture. I mean, she really does have great knowledge. So what I want to do now is what they call the, the conferring of the degree, okay? So by the authority um, invested in me by the Florida Department of Education and as president of the International College of Ministry and by the authority of the name above all names, Jesus Christ, I hereby confer upon Gina Abraham the degree of Bachelor of Theology with all the privileges and honor and rights due upon you. Receive your degree. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. And one more prayer. Father, we bless Gina. We bless her father in every season of her life. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's given Gina every gift and talent and ability that she needs to fulfill the purpose and call upon her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again, Dr. Forrest. Amen. 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 So real, real quick. That's <laughs> good. Something like that. I don't know. Hey, it's better than you. <laughs> don't give up your day job. That's all I'm going to say. Went to the enemy's camp in it. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> we won't do that. I do have a couple of books, just a few, just a few left. We sold a bunch at uh, Arab, but I've got a book called Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, How to Recognize the Voice of God, How to Know When God's Speaking to You, Then How to Respond to Him. Uh, it's a real critical book because uh, God's talking. We're just not listening all the time. But how to know his voice, how to hear his voice, how to respond to his voice, how to become his voice. And then redeeming your past and finding your promised land, which is my passion. Is uh, We kind of talked about this some yesterday in class, but we've got to get over our stuff and get into what God's called us to do. There's a promised land for you. A promised land is the place God's called you to be, doing what God created you to do. You will never be happy or fulfilled until you get into this place and do what you're created to do. But the enemy puts obstacles and mountains and barriers, and there's issues. My son calls them isms. We all have isms. But this is how to get over your issues Find your purpose and get into your purpose, redeeming your past and finding your promised land. So that's on the back. They're $10 a piece, two for 25 uh, the Alabama special, amen. Okay. <laughs> Three for 40 however you want to do it, you know what I'm saying? Is this Alabama or Auburn country? I got to ask, I always have to ask, I got to be careful. This maybe roll tide area? Roll tide. Well, I know because I just heard a story about Auburn just recently. It disturbed me a little bit. Uh, Auburn was doing, you know, kind of their spring practice and stuff, and uh, it, was, it was terrible. They found this uh, white powder. One of the players said there's a white powder on the field, and, and they looked at it, and they didn't really know what to do, so they called the police. So the police come, and they take a sample, and they, they, they analyze it, because, you know, in these days, you've got to be careful. So they analyze this white powder, and the police came back and said, well, we've determined what this powder is. Uh, it's actually a goal line, and they'll never come near it anyway, so it's fine. 
come, come on. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, oh, gosh. Uh, if y'all don't, don't laugh, I'm going to give you a pun. My puns are really bad. They're really bad. They're really bad because I've, I've, I found out why you, uh, why, you know, with math, how come glasses help you? They help you with your, your division. This one, good. Okay. You guys are tough. <laughs> okay, no more, no more puns. No more puns. Holy Spirit, come back. I've grieved you. I know, I know. So I want to talk to you about when God wants your attention. When God wants your attention. Let me tell you something. God does want your attention, and God will go to lakes to find you and do something to get your attention. So I'm going to start off. I want to talk about Moses a little bit. Now, we all know the story of Moses. I mean, and you know, Moses was born into slavery in Egypt. And, you know, his parents were Abra, Abra, Aram and Jochebed. And he was born into slavery. And then the Israelites were multiplying in the land of Egypt, even the slaves, and they were really doing, doing pretty good. Well, Pharaoh gets jealous of the Israelites and decides when Moses is a baby that he puts out an order to kill all the male infants. All the Israelite male infants are to be killed. As a matter of fact, the, the decree said drown them in the Nile. Well, Moses' mom had an idea, and she built a basket. You know the story. Put, a, put a Moses in a basket where he would float in the Nile, okay? That's when Moses became a basket case. You, you <laughs> Come on, just a little bit. <laughs> I get yeah, little smiles. All I got is just a little smile. Over here, they're going, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> okay. And my wife is just going, it's terrible. So. So we know the story. So Moses floats down the Nile, and Pharaoh's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, hears the baby crying, sees Moses, looks at the baby. The baby is beautiful, not as beautiful as Bodhi, but the baby's beautiful, okay? The baby's beautiful, and she grabs the baby and says, I want to raise this child as my own. But she needed a nanny. So she hires Moses' mom to, to help raise Moses, which is really cool. It's God's redemption. So Moses is raised as royalty in the court of Pharaoh. So he's got a, a pretty good life there. So one day, one day, Moses sees an, Israel, sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite. And it really upset him because Moses began to realize as he got older that something was not right, that his people were being persecuted. So he sees this Egyptian beating this Israelite, and Moses kills him. Not only does it kill him, but he hides the body. And then he says, oh, I'm in trouble i got a problem here. I've just committed murder. i got to get out of here. And so Moses flees to an area called Midian. Uh, it's, it's, on the east, it's east of Egypt. So he flees to the desert. He, he runs. He runs. He's committed a crime, and he's got to get out, okay? And so he meets um, some people over there, marries a woman named Zipporah, and starts working for Zipporah's father, and Moses becomes a shepherd or a sheep farmer. Now, here is this guy who's called, he's the prince of Egypt, called for mighty and great things. What is he doing? He's on the backside of the desert raising sheep. He was nowhere near his purpose. He was nowhere near what he needed to be. He was in the wrong place doing the wrong thing because he had messed up. But God wasn't finished with him. God wasn't finished with him. So we go to Exodus Chapter 3, verse 1. You may have the scriptures. I don't know. I think I've sent them. Oh, you do have the scriptures. All right, that's good. All right. 
Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. Now here comes this, the angel of the Lord, maybe, maybe, some people said it may have been Jesus, appeared in a flaming fire, a bush, it's on fire, but the bush was not being consumed. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, so Moses said, this is a very important verse. I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. So Moses, this bush set up by God, and say the bush is over here, it got Moses' attention. He, it, 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 it caught his eye. He caught his eye. He's, he's really interested in that. And so it got his attention. He, he's looking at it. He's focused on it. And this scripture, verse 4, is, is really affected my life. This is a critical scripture. When the Lord saw, I said, when the Lord saw that Moses, when he had turned aside to look, God called him. I said, when the Lord saw that he finally had Moses' attention, when the Lord saw he had Moses' focus, he called him. He called him to greatness. He called him to deliver millions of Israelites out of Egypt. He called him to write the first five books of the Bible. He called him to greatness, but he first had to get his attention. You see, God wants your attention. So Moses was nowhere near where he was supposed to be, and he was not doing what he's supposed to be doing, but God did something to get his attention. And what I want to tell you today is there's things in your life, things have happened in your life that were deliberate by God to get your attention. Or God would allow things to happen in your life to get your attention. God wants your attention. And even today, God is saying, I'm trying to get your attention. Will you listen? Will you respond? Will you listen? Will you respond? Because when God saw that Moses was paying attention, he finally got Moses to pay attention. He called him. I said he called him when Moses paid attention. So let's move on. Let's, let's look at another case study. What about old Peter? What about Peter? What would it take to get Peter's attention? So we go to Luke 5, starting in verse 1. Now it happened while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God. He was standing by the, he's talking about Jesus here. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. I believe I pronounced that right. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he, that's Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put, put a little away from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. So Jesus was actually decided, he had a crowd of people because he was a great teacher who were listening to him, but he needed a place to, to teach from. So he, he got in a boat in the lake, and I guess he's probably about this far from the shore, sitting in Peter's boat, using that kind of as his podium, okay, to teach from. So in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who becomes Peter, put, a, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. Now, Peter was a fisherman. And Paul, the Lord needed to talk to Peter in a language he would understand. Okay? Now, he, had to, he spoke to Moses with a burning bush, but he's going to talk to Peter with fish. Now, Peter was a fisherman. Apparently, he was not doing really good. Okay? You know, he probably should have had Lake Gunnersville. He probably could have caught a bunch of bass, you know. If it had gone out with force, you know, force would have shown him where the fish was. But Peter was not doing very good at his job, okay? 
And so the Lord wanted Peter's attention. Now, it's interesting. The way the Lord got Peter's attention was he blessed him. He gave him a supernatural blessing, and he did it with fish because Peter understood fish. He was a fisherman. He talked in the language, the Lord talked in a language that Peter would get. Well, God does the same thing to you. God will speak in your language. He will speak to your life, and he'll speak the way that you can understand, and it may be different the way he speaks to me, okay? He has a specific way he wants to get your attention, all right? Amen. So here he gets Peter's attention by giving him a supernatural blessing. A supernatural blessing. When God wants to get your attention, sometimes it's not bad. It's really good. Matter of fact, Peter was, to me, Peter was not doing very well at fishing. And all of a sudden, he meets Jesus, and he has more fish than he ever dreamed of. And Peter's going, hmm, I think, I think God's trying to tell me something. I think the Lord's trying to tell me something. And Jesus was trying to tell him something. Jesus was saying, look, Peter, I'm going to make you a fisher of men from now on. Come and follow me. And Peter left everything behind and followed Jesus because Jesus got his attention. See, Peter really wasn't doing what he was called to do. Peter was called as a chief apostle, not a fisherman, but a chief apostle. And so Peter's life was not where it needed to be. And Moses' life was not where it needed to be. See, when you're not where you need to be, or you're in the wrong direction, or you need to make a, a big adjustment in your life, God will do something to get your attention. And I want to tell you something. Every one of you can look back in your life, and you'll see times when things happened, and you know now, looking back, that, you know what, I think God was trying to tell me something. I think God was trying to show me something. I think God was trying to get my attention. But most of us, like me, there were a lot of times in my life God tried to get my attention, and I ignored it. I didn't pay attention, and he turned up the heat. That's what he did. He turned up the heat on me. So we'll go to a, another case. We'll go to another case. What about the, the Apostle Paul, who, who was called Saul? Remember this guy? Super religious, super holy and righteous guy. He was so holy that he decided that Christians were heretics and traitors and needed to be destroyed. This guy, I mean, he, was, he really thought he was serving God. He was a Pharisee, thought he was serving God. So in Acts 9, verse 1, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. And he asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus. So if he found any belonging to the way, Christians were called the way. I still think that's a good name. Both men and women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he was traveling... It happened as he was approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay, here's Saul. This guy is miles away from where he needs to be. He's not doing what God created him to do. This is the guy who becomes the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. This is the guy who was called to plant churches all over the known world. This was a man called to greatness, but God had to get his attention. He was far off course. He's headed to Damascus to do some stuff that's even worse than what he was doing before. And so what God does to him is, lets this big old light come down from heaven, and God speaks to him in an audible voice, and he blinds him for three days to get his attention. But he got his attention Paul responded, he said, Lord, Lord. Now, it's interesting, he called him Lord. And he said, uh, he said, Lord, who are you? Lord, who are you? Who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, verse 5. The point, what the point is, I'm trying to get here, look how much trouble 
Look at the, the trouble that God goes to to get our attention. Okay? He had to get his attention because he was not doing what he needed to be doing. He was going the wrong direction. He was doing the wrong thing. He wasn't answering his call. He wasn't fulfilling the destiny upon his life. So God had to get his attention. Then he had to get Peter's attention. And he had to get Moses' attention. And he wants to get your attention. He wants to get your attention. Another example the Lord was showing me in Scripture was the woman at the well. Remember the story of the woman at the well? We're going into the Gospel of John, chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. Now remember, Samaritans were kind of like Auburn fans. <laughs> Didn't want nothing to do with them. <laughs> can't, can't handle them Auburn people. Amen? <laughs> so we got this Auburn lady at the well, Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus, being a, an Alabama fan, actually started speaking to her civilly, which is kind of strange. You know what I'm saying? They just don't do that. Don't do that. That don't, that don't happen. She looks at Jesus and goes, War Eagle, and Jesus looks at her and goes, Roll Tide, and I'm in trouble. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so there's a woman at the well. <laughs> I got to stop. Okay. You know, my wife's here. I got to behave just a little bit. Amen. Now, she, Christy hadn't done this yet, but she is kind of going like that. So, you know, I can't look over here. I've kind of got to look over here, okay? So if I'm not trying to ignore y'all, but my wife's sitting right there. So I kind of got to look this way. Okay. <laughs> Jesus answered. He sees the woman at the well. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, this is John 4, 13, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never thirst, but the water I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so I'll not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. Now, Jesus sets her up. This is, I like, sometimes the Lord gets our attention with a setup. You ever had God set you up? So the Lord sets her up. So in verse 16, John 4, 16, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. Now, Jesus knew she didn't have a husband. He knew that she had been married before multiple times. But he set her up and said, hey, go call your husband. Kind of a trick question. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, yeah, you said that correctly. You have no husband, for you've had five husbands. She's been married five times. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you've truly said. So she's been married five times, and now she's living with a guy. And Jesus called her out on it. He, prophet, he called her out. You can call it a word of knowledge or a prophecy, my ICM students, okay? Probably a word of knowledge. But he called her out on it. Let me tell you something. This got her attention. This got her attention because after that, it's not in your scriptures up here. She says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Now, if I were Jesus, I'd be going, kind of going, duh. <laughs> That's really smart there. But, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Now, this is interesting. He got it. Listen, here we go again. Another case of God trying to get someone's attention. He wanted to get her attention. So, she talked. I mean, she said to him, verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. I've heard. Hey, I've heard the Messiah is coming. He was called the Christ. And the one who comes, he will declare all things to us. So, she's actually talking to him. Hey, look, I've heard from uh, the Jewish folks that the Messiah is coming. Then Jesus, I want you to listen, then Jesus says something to her that is the greatest statement to this point in world history that the world has ever heard. 
he reveals something to her that is the greatest revelation in the history of the world to a woman who's been married five times and is living with a guy. Jesus gives her an incredible, amazing revelation that the entire world's been waiting for. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. She said, I heard the Messiah's coming. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. Wow. Oh, I mean, wow. That is, and he had not said that to anyone up to this point. So the greatest revelation that the world's ever had, the greatest revelation that we all need, the Messiah is Jesus Christ, the one who is and is to come, the Messiah, the one who's coming back, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, who's above and not beneath, who's ahead and not the tail, the one who is everything, the one that every knee will bow, the Messiah, the King of the universe, God himself revealed to a woman who had five husbands that he was the Messiah. But first he had to get her attention because he had, he had great plans for this woman. He had great plans. Here's this woman. She's not living a very good life, so her life's not where it needs to be. But you know what he does for her? Gives her the greatest revelations ever known, and she becomes the first evangelist in the Bible because she runs back to the town and starts telling everybody about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but he got her attention. So look at all the different ways that God goes to extremes to get people's attention when he's trying to redirect them. He wanted to redirect Peter. He wanted to redirect Moses. He wanted to redirect Paul. He wanted to redirect the woman at the well. God will do all kinds of stuff when he's trying to redirect us. He'll do things to get your attention. You know, my story is, uh, uh, my story is I was a businessman for many years and stuff. And is it 1230 already? Is it 1230? What time is it? We're good. How much long we have? How much long we have? One thirty. <laughs> Just a couple more minutes. I was a businessman for for many years, and uh, I was a corporate guy, and for, for many years, and you know, worked for Frigidaire Corporation, and I had a great job with them. Then I owned several companies and all this kind of stuff. But it wasn't. I was. I needed to be redirected. It wasn't my call. It wasn't my purpose. And I was never really happy. I was never satisfied. But I was successful, and I kept working at it, and working at it, and working at it. And literally one day, I'm driving a pickup truck because in Mississippi, that's what you have to drive. It's illegal to drive anything else in Mississippi. I'm down in Mississippi driving a pickup truck, driving down Highway 61, headed between Memphis and Clarksdale, Mississippi, and the Mississippi Delta. And I'm driving down the road, and an audible voice, an audible voice, speaks to me in the cab of my truck and goes, Ray. I've called you into the ministry, and I'm going, and I literally heard it out loud. I'm not thinking about ministry. I'm not interested in ministry. I, I'm, I'm a businessman. Ministry is nowhere on my radar. It's not in my budget. It's not in my plan. It's not in my vision. It's not something I want to do. It's not something I had a desire to do, but it was what God had called me to do, and he had to get my attention. He had to do something to get my attention, and then I still didn't stop my business. I still didn't stop doing it. I still, I still kept doing my business. I, I heard that voice, but I, I didn't. I kind of responded because it shook me up really bad. But I kept doing business. I didn't know what else to do. And then the Lord one day spoke to me. And he showed me a picture. I'll never forget this as long as I live. He said, Ray, he showed me a picture, and I saw this house of cards. You know how you could take playing cards, and you can kind of stack them and build a house out of playing cards? Very fragile. I saw a house built out of cards, out of playing cards, and the base of it was sand. And when I saw that, I kept thinking, that's not very stable looking. 
That's the, and it was a picture of my life. And I knew I was in trouble. And sure enough, within a period of months, every business I had crashed. It all crashed. It all crashed and burned. Everything. I lost everything. I lost everything. It, it burned. It, it just, I just lost it. And God was, I didn't respond to the voice. And God said, I'm going to have to do something else to get Ray Self's attention. I'm going to do something else to get your attention. I crashed and I burned and I got depressed and I got despondent. And then my marriage was in trouble and I had all kinds of stuff going on. The IRS came after me. Some crazy businessman sued me for a million dollars. All kinds of nutty stuff happening to me. And out of the midst of that, I met this man named John Boatwright. I'll never forget it. He invited me to his house. I went to his house. I walked in his house and he said, hey, Ray, you ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, Let me show you some stuff in the book of Acts. And he took me to Acts 1, you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And he took me to Acts 8 when Philip went up to Samaria and people believed and the apostles came up and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And he took me to Acts 10 when Peter was preaching and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And he took me to Acts 19 when Paul met the believers at Ephesus and he prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And I said, I want that. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I wanted it. And he prayed for me, and the Holy Spirit came upon me. I've never turned back, and I've never turned back. I've never turned back. My point is this, folks. God wants your attention. God, and, and you can look back on your life, and you can say, you know what? I, you remember when this happened? I think God was trying to get my attention. You know what? I think God's still trying to get my attention. You know what the greatest attention getter of all time? is we have a Savior. We have a Savior. And Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we were healed. And he died on the cross. He died on the cross. And on the third day he rose from the dead. And I died with him. And I rose with him. That should be your attention getter. We have a Savior who gave us life for us, who died on the cross, and then rose on the third day and said, If we believe in him, we die with him. And if we believe in him, we will rise with him. And our sins will be forgiven, and we'll be set free, and shame will leave us, and condemnation will leave us, and we are forgiven, and it's all gone, and we have a new life. We're new creatures, born again, adopted as children of the Most High God. That should get your attention if nothing else gets your attention. Amen? So my message today is God wants your attention, and he'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get your attention. And I would bet you every one of you can look back and go, you know what? There's been some times in my life when God was trying to get me. He was trying to show me something. He was trying to redirect me. And I think I may have missed it. But he's not finished yet. And you know what? He does it different for everybody. He, he, he does it different for everybody. See, my idol was business, was money. He took it from me. That, that's, that's how he got my final attention. Was he took my money, he took my success, he took my prestige, he took my companies. That got my attention big time, amen. But it didn't have to always be that way. Sometimes it gets your attention with a blessing. Ask Peter. So this is what I want to do today. I just want to pray with you and say, Lord, you know, we want to respond to you, God. Say, God, I know you want our attention. I know you want to focus. Now think about this, remember? When God saw that Moses gave him his attention, he called him. <laughs> that's all you when God saw he had Moses attention he called him when Peter when he got Peter's attention he called him amen when he got the woman's attention 
he gave her the great revelation, and she called, answered a call as an evangelist. And you can say what it, that's what, what she did. She evangelized. Amen. When he got Saul's attention on the road to Damascus, he becomes the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, plants churches all over, and we're still feeling the effects of that. Because God loves us so much, he'll do whatever it takes to get your attention, and your attention, and your attention, and your attention, and your attention, whatever it takes. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you, Father, for this church. And the Lord showed me again about this church, Pastor Ian. I saw another picture of this church. You know, this church is called a church plant. And then what I saw was I saw roots that had started growing down. And now, then I saw the roots change. They started spreading out. The roots started spreading to the left and the right and north, south, east, and west. And the roots were spreading and then I saw a picture of a big tree coming out of the roots. And then I saw the branches spreading out. And in the branches, I saw a bunch of fruit. And the Lord said that the season of growing roots is coming to an, to an end. The tree is growing. And the season of fruit bearing is coming. And the fruit that this church is going to bear is going to feed many in this area of Alabama. Many in this area of Alabama. Amen. Amen. Family, Father, I thank you that you want our attention. I thank you, Father, that when Jesus rose from the dead and over 500 people saw him, eyewitnesses, Father, saw him, that should get our attention, Father. Lord, you've been good to us. You've saved us. You've redeemed us. You've healed us. You've blessed us. You've delivered us. Father, that should get our attention. So, Father, today we say as a church, as a people, Lord, you have our attention. We turn our hearts to you. We turn our focus on you and say, Lord, we surrender. Just call me, Lord. If I need to be redirected, redirect me, Father. If I need a new direction, tell me the direction to go. Father, we respond to you. You have our attention. Father, forgive me for so many times you tried to get my attention and I didn't pay attention. But today, Father, I purpose in my heart to give you my focus and my attention. Have your way with me in Jesus' name. And the greatest thing you can ever do, the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. It's that simple. Some people say, well, that's too easy. It's not easy. Jesus gave his life. Jesus paid a very high price for us. They say, well, well that's cheap it's not cheap it's expensive salvation's very expensive it costs jesus his life he paid his life he paid the cost for it but our part is to receive him by faith confess our sins ask forgiveness receive him into our heart and say i want jesus to be my lord and savior i want to be adopted i want to be reborn with jesus as my lord and savior if you'd like to make that call today, I want to pray with you. I know that, that that's the first most important thing. And you know what? If I'm saying the truth that you need to accept Jesus as your Savior right now, I can tell you prophetically, you feel a heaviness in your heart. You feel a, a, like a pounding in your chest. You know in your heart you need to do this. Don't let the enemy take it from you. Be bold. Step out. Accept Christ as your Savior and let your life change today. But as a church, 
Search your hearts and search your life. Is God trying to get your attention? All you have to do is turn to him, give him your focus, and he'll put you on the right path. That's what he did historically to almost everyone in the Bible. Amen. God bless you. I'm here to pray for you. Chrissy's here to pray for you. Holy Spirit, just come and have your way. There's a sweet anointing in this house. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just touch your people. In the name of Jesus Christ. name of Jesus Christ. Bodhi is a messenger. He is a messenger, and he will be a prophetic voice. And you will see it even by the time he's 8, 9, and 10 years old. You'll be surprised what comes out of his mouth. Pay attention. Pay attention. More than a dreamer of dreams, a pro proclamation of the truth of God. Powerful, 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 powerful. Ian, you're, uh, you remind me of a transformer. There's more than meets the eye. <laughs> There's so much more to you. There's so much more to you. You run a lot deeper. And the Lord says, I'm, I'm taking you to a season of release. And what's in your heart and what's deep within your soul that sometimes you're afraid to release it is going to come out because you are, you are acceptable, you are worthy, and the revelation and the river that's running deep within you needs to come out. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, and I see that river beginning to deepen and the river begin to flow like never before, and it's going to surprise your church, and it's going to surprise Jessica, it's going to surprise everyone. Just let the river... It's like the river's getting uncorked, and it's just going to start flowing like never before. You'll, things will come out of your mouth that you've never imagined would come out of your mouth. Proclamations and truth and revelation. And I see healing anointing coming in this church, a strong healing anointing coming in this church. And I see sick coming, and I see, I see people walking that couldn't walk, and I see people seeing and couldn't see. I see a healing anointing coming in this church as well, and that's going to open up the eyes of the community in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each person today. And we're here to pray for you. Amen. Whatever we can do for you, we're here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, who's thankful for Dr. Ray today? And his beautiful wife, Miss Christy, come all the way from Florida to give us that awesome word. And so if you got a neighbor, ask him, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? It's kind of funny, Dr. Ray. Just about two weeks ago, we preached a message called Growing Pains. We gave everybody homework at the very end, and I asked them to write this question down. Did you do the last thing God asked you? Some of y'all wrote it down. Did I do it? Did I not do it? And Why? Because we said, you don't get a new task until you do the. And here's the awesome thing. God doesn't qualify. Or excuse me. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Y'all, so stop giving them your excuses. The I can'ts, the I can't affords, the, the why me. Here's what I know about God. If he has called you and he's the creator, he knows what he put in you. He is going to chase you down until that call's fulfilled. Some of us got to stop running and just submit to him and to his ways. Amen. So awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Ray, for coming. And uh, what we like to do here is whenever we have a guest speaker, we like to honor uh, those that come and just place honor where honors do. So I want to invite you both to come up here, please. 
And uh, I'd like to ask every single person to come up here and surround them. I want to go ahead and pray over them. And uh, they traveled all the way from Florida. When you got to go back? Uh, tomorrow sometime. Tomorrow you got to drive. So we just want to pray over. He preached a conference yesterday for four hours, just poured his heart out. He's been preaching at Arab this morning. And so we're thankful that you answered the call. And uh, you're doing what you're called to do. And Miss Christy, we love you too. And so y'all come back, okay? Come back and see us. And uh, y'all surround them. Place your hands on them. Place your hands on them if you want, or extend your hands. And I just wanted to uh, just pray a blessing over them and their ministry and their lives and their families. So, so Lord, I thank you for Dr. Ray and just his heart. I thank you for his wife, Christy. Lord, I thank you that all those years back, God, that Dr. Ray answered the call. He may have ignored your voice, but God, he chased him down, and uh, he knows who is Lord. Lord, and ever since then, you've done nothing but work in and through him. So much wisdom and knowledge. And so many lives being blessed through the, the College of International Ministry. Lord, and so I just pray that you would continue just to further expand his territory in, the, in this church and other churches and through this nation. As long as he stands on truth and teaches truth and preaches truth, God, that you'll bless it. Lord, I pray that him and his whole family be blessed, kids, grandkids. Lord, and that as he's come up here and poured his heart out, emptied himself this weekend, I pray that you would fill him up. Fill him with joy and love and all the awesome things of heaven, God, the resources of heaven as they go back tomorrow. We pray traveling mercies over them. And so they pray you have a good day today, and we're thankful for them. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Y'all officially dismissed. 